Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. It's February 2021. As you know, I always say February is the new January. So if somehow you've laid down your New Year's resolutions, now is the perfect time to pick them back up. If you're interested in trying to figure out ways to change your communication patterns in 2021 or in February, today we're talking about 10 rules for effective communication from Dan Weil, who is one of the um, sort of icons and heroes in the couples therapy world. It's a very cool conversation. Stick around. Why are you in a hurry? I'm just, I'm in a hurry because today, this I'm so excited. Um, we are going to take snowmobiles out into the wilderness and we're, okay. we're going out into the wilderness with eight children and eight adults. And hmm. um, these are people in our pod, by the way, like we share germs with one another on a regular basis. Your pod basis. is 16 people big? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's kind of on the smaller end. <laughs> My mom would, is shaking her head. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to go to a, an area called Elk Lake. And you, it's like a 12-mile snowmobile ride in. And you, there's no internet access. There's no cell phone access. And then we're going to oh, stay no. in what they call, um, I believe the terminology is rustic cabins. Right on. So, so you're sleeping there. It's, it's like glorified camping for three days. And I'm pretty excited about it. But anyway, I'm running around like a mad woman because when you're glorified camping... There's a lot of details to think about. Yeah, you got to slide by like Lands Inn and REI and Eddie Bauer. Yeah, you got to you got to pick up all of your expensive gear that has <laughs> never been used before. No, I, I'm just I'm really excited, but there's a lot of details going on in my swimming around in my head. But I'm really I, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm hoping that our single child, because he's you never had this experience of having one. Uh, I have, well, had, you, you I have had the experience for four years. I had yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. Um, I had and this, in about six months, I'm going to have one. That's so true. But Maybe. I, I am my go son's greatest playmate. And so I'm really looking forward to not being his playmate for three days. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm bringing a book with me and I'm going to finish it. And I'm so excited, which is coincidentally the book that we are talking about today. Just pretty Oh, cool. the book we're talking about today. Not yes. the book we're talking about in our breakfast club date that we're having in a couple of weeks. 
That's right. That's a really good reminder, uh, mating in captivity. So I told myself I have to finish this book first, and then I can really dive into mating in captivity, which I'm that, halfway through. You haven't started it yet? That book's messing with me already. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting because I find it actually pretty controversial um, in a lot of thinking of like the way that I have received a lot of training. It kind of bucks against some of those. Yeah, that's her theories. Gig, yeah, she yeah, likes it. She ruffles the feathers. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I so, have book news. This is kind of cool. What? My first book, um, The Relationship Alphabet. I think that's the name of it. Yes. The, the relationship. The I've been having a hard time saying words lately. No, it's, um, it's now available as an audiobook. Really? Yeah. Did you pretty, read it? Did you read no, it? No, I can't read it. Can you imagine me being like relationship? That's true. You can't even say conversation. I know how many times would I have to say conversation? How come you didn't ask me to read it? I have a lovely speaking voice. No, I hired a real person, like a real reading person. And uh, mm -hmm. he did a great job. And as I mentioned last week, I have a bunch of promo codes for Amazon UK. So if you shop at Amazon in the UK and okay. you want a free copy of the Relationship Alphabet, I can hook you up. You just need to what? send me your Hold on. contact you. This is, <laughs> you shot me a text. You're like, hey, if you get any, um, any emails from England or yeah, from Europe, yeah. <laughs> Um, why the UK? I don't understand. I don't know. The whole thing is so weird in terms of like what you get and what you don't get. And I think okay. maybe they're trying to build their market presence or footprint or something. I, I don't know. But all right. Well, if you want the relationship alphabet for free. I think free, I get some USA ones later, but I right now all I have are the UK ones. But it's kind of cool. Really it's, cool. It's cool to listen to somebody read your words back to you and go, oh, yeah, wow, okay. I'm really smart. <laughs> I'm such a good writer. Or, or it's more like I said that or I wrote that. Yeah. Because I yeah. wrote it like six years ago. And so right. sometimes people will be like, I just read your article on friendship. And I'm like, right. I didn't write an article on friendship. And they're like, yes, you did. It's right here. It came in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I believe the same things I believed six years ago. But huh. anyway, you can, you can, you're my, the relationship alphabet now available on audible.com. I love that. I, you know what I would love to get if there's somebody listening? I would love for our podcast to be on audible. And maybe now that your it book is, is available. Our podcast isn't available on Audible. Oh, it's available on Alexa. Alexa? Alexa will play it for you. <laughs> Alexa will play it for you. Yeah. That's hilarious. They're all connected, aren't they? I, don't I think know. so. Who knows? Yeah. My whole yeah. house is listening to me. You know what Alexa told me to buy or Facebook told me to buy and I bought it. What was it? I think you have a buying problem. I've actually noticed this, that I think you're more susceptible. This is me breaking a cardinal rule that we're about to talk about. Um, but okay. I think you're susceptible to spending money on things. This is one of the reasons why I don't think you and I would be a good pair for one another yeah. because I have a hard time spending money and you will send me a text message and it'll be like a picture of the latest thing that you bought <laughs> or like the latest training that you invested in. But I oh. don't know if you actually finish that training. I do have a piece of news since our last podcast. No one has given me a free Peloton. Okay. Well, then I think it's important for you to, you know, this will be, let, let this be the episode that we bring up old information. So Zach yeah. still needs a Peloton and a I free still, Peloton. a free Peloton. You said $800 <laughs> you would be willing oh, yeah. to pay. Uh, sure. He needs an $800 Peloton and I still need Jake Gyllenhaal in my life. So we're just going to bring that full circle. I'm going to remember at some point, I'm going to remember what what Facebook told me to buy that I then bought and I don't regret it, but I also don't remember what it is. So it'll come back to me. 
<laughs> okay. You know, Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, especially during abnormally stressful times like these. This is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor but with the ability to communicate when and how you want. The matching process is quick but thorough, and you have the ability to communicate with your therapist how you like it, whether it be messaging, over the phone, or video conferencing. I know that in-person therapy sessions aren't feasible right now, and a lot of therapists are booked out, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you're supporting marriage therapy rates. Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register. Try T-R-Y better B-E-T-T-E-R help. H-E-L-P dot com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. Here's what we're actually talking about today. Uh, so I told you I was reading a book. This is part of a, another, I'm when kind of When you cheating. say reading, do you mean reading or do you I'm mean actually reading? Listening. Yes, I have the book. Okay. I'm highlighting, I'm under underlining, I'm writing in the margin. So I have two book groups going simultaneously. And this is part of my New Year's resolution is that I have learned that I'm one of those people that I don't accomplish things on my own unless I'm held accountable either by other people or that other people are aware of these things that I'm doing. So if I declare I'm going to run it, I signed up for a half marathon. So I'm going to declare I signed up for a half marathon and I want you all to hold me accountable. It's way more likely that I'm going to do that. So one of the things is I wanted to read more books and I actually want to finish books because I start Mm. books, but I don't finish. Um, So I created two, two at the same time book groups. So now I have one with Marriage Therapy Radio, all of you listeners. Um, And the book we're reading for the month of January is Mating in Captivity. And we're meeting on the 15th, 15th of February. Mm -hmm. So if you're just listening to this, you still have time to listen or read Mating in Captivity. The other book that I'm reading with my other certified Gottman therapist is After the Honeymoon by Dan Weil. Mm. And um, so the subtitle is How Conflict Can Improve Your Relationship. Okay. And... I came across a list where I was like, ooh, we should talk about this. I sent you a picture (laughs) of it. And I said, this is what I want to talk about. And it's basically the rules of good communication. And so it's 10 rules of good communication that I wanted to make our listeners aware of. And I kind of wanted our listeners to listen in in the sense of taking like almost like a personal inventory of, okay, this isn't an issue. I definitely follow this rule. Ooh, I I don't do that in my relationship, but I Mm. want for you to be thinking about yourself and not your partner. Cause it's so easy to listen to these and go, Oh, my partner always makes, you know, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this list to my partner. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make sure my partner listens to this podcast. Yeah. They really need to listen to this or you send it to your mother-in-law and you're like, Judy Heck, I think Mm. this would be really important for you. To listen to. I just needed to mention her name in the podcast again yeah. today. My All New right. Year's resolution is to no longer bring up how hilarious she thinks I am. <laughs> well, it's it's better late than never to start that New Year's resolution. Well, you know what I always say? What do you February always say? February is the new January. I like it. Yeah. So and I don't really have resolutions be, in January. I think this podcast comes out in February, right? February 2. It should come out on February 2. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm doing on February 4th? Just a side note. I'm oh, getting um, I'm getting my eyebrows, my eyebrows tattooed. I'm tattooing my eyebrows. It, kind of like an, an inmate. Remember, I'm, like, so every once in a while you see, like, inmates. Why are you have, doing this? Your eyebrows look I, fine. Okay, hold on. If they don't look. Uh, thank you. Thank you. But look. So yeah. what happened to me is Gwen Stefani like eyebrows. In, in the year 2000. And ladies, you know, if you know, but there was a series of a couple of years in 2000 where having pencil thin eyebrows was very popular. And I wanted to be the cool kid. So I overplucked my eyebrows and they never came back. Your eyebrows look great, by the way. Thanks. Along with the rest of your facial hair. You're, Thanks. you're down some pounds, aren't you? I am. Yep, I am. I can tell. I can tell. Thanks. Um, I'm hoping that my eyebrows actually make my face look thinner. <laughs> New eyebrows. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Okay. Um, can, so uh, I'm going to just, just curious when you tattoo your eyebrows, like, do you have those eyebrows when you're like 85? No, it's not unfortunately. the same. Mm -mm, no. So how long do your tattooed eyebrows last? I think they'll probably last about a year and then you can go in and have them touched up. <laughs> okay. All right. It's just, yeah. Which communication rule is already breaking right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we break any communication rules because we're perfect at everything that we do because we teach this for a living. And obviously we, we live and die by the rules. Can I say okay. this one more thing before you start? Oh, goodness gracious. It's about yes, communication. Please. Yes. Uh huh. Because people come in, this is one of, as you know, one of the main things people will come to us for. They'll say, I'll say, how can I help? And they'll say, oh gosh, we're having trouble communicating. And I always tell them, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling everyone on the podcast, that means nothing to me. Like it doesn't mean anything that we're having trouble communicating because right. I, I, I had a couple once where uh, she was deaf and he was blind. Oh no. And uh, they had trouble <laughs> communicating. Um, there was, is a, that's not true. You never had. Why, I did too. Why are you calling me a liar right now? Is that I, on the list? Which tool is that? Don't call <laughs> your partner a liar. I think that it makes um, her a very effective story, but there's no way that that's true. Okay. Well, you're ableist ableist yeah you're somehow saying that people who are disabled shouldn't be with other people who are disabled. i'm an ableist all right no so, i'm actually saying that's just fine all i'm There's saying no is way that it's they very important you. yeah that you do a deeper dive into the communication stuff because this couple literally had to learn how to turn their neck in order for her to be able to read his lips and he didn't know if he was wow. looking at her or not and she had to you know make sure that he was paying attention if she wanted to, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of stuff, but then, mm -hmm. but then, you know, other people have different communication issues and, um, here we are at communication rule. Number one, this is a famous one. one that I this, yeah. always roll my eyes out, but it's sure it's true. Go for it. Mm, making eye statements. So this is a, a rule where I roll my uh, eyes. You're, you're I, making my eyes. I, Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Making I statements, not you statements. And the whole okay. idea behind this is just that, if you are communicating to your partner and you're doing the opposite, if you're using a you statement, generally that's coming from a place of blame or criticism. Mm. And uh, nothing good can start when you are using a you statement. So what we are hoping you do instead is just work really hard at using I statements so that your partner is not taking it personally and getting into defensive listening. Well, it's almost impossible not to, right? If somebody tells me what I'm doing, I have to actually judge whether or not they're correct. Yeah. Um, versus if they talk about what they're doing, I have to, to decide whether or not to trust them. And generally I'm going to decide to trust them. Like if you talk mm -hmm. about you, I can, yeah, I can, I can deal with that. You start talking about me. I'm going to be like, mm, uh, Oh no, you didn't. So yeah. 
I do appreciate yeah. that piece. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like I could say, Zach, you are never on time and you're always late. And you're going uh, to rule two already. Are you doing that on purpose? No. Oh, like I, I'm two. not, but I'm, I'm going to, maybe we can, we can kind of roll just, these into the same. Yeah. Just right? go to rule two. Communication rule two. Don't say always or never. Always or never. Right. So these are called, these are called superlatives, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. Always go ahead or and never. tell me I'm always late and never on time again. Exactly. You're, you are always late, Zach, and you're never on time. That's not true. I've been on time before. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been on time a couple of times, one or two times, which means always <laughs> and never you're lying. You're wrong. <laughs> But see what happens? Like mathematically, yeah. it's not possible to tell me what I always and never do. Yeah. Because uh, the second you do that, I can be like, Mm-mm, nope. So, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I mean, I think it's a subtle difference, but it does allow room for people, particularly those who are being addressed to say, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I'm late a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, I understand yeah. that's frustrating for you. Um, yeah. And maybe there's something I can do with that. You tell me always and never, I'm out. Right. I'm yeah. already, we're already in a fight. Well, I, I think as a part of the listener, if your partner tends to say always or never a lot, one way that you can try and get around this, because you only have control over yourself, right? Like you don't yep. have control over saying, hey, partner, you should listen to this podcast. They say that rule number two is a rule that you break all the time. Um, but if they constantly say always or never, that's just really great information for you as the listener to, listener to say, oh, I think there's some energy around this. Like you're clearly trying to up the ante and like prove the case that you are really frustrated about something. There's a lot of feelings behind this, which is why you're using a superlative. Well, that's a very generous response for sure. Yeah. Say, oh, something's going on here. I wonder what it is, which means that you have some practice not being defensive. But but yeah, I get that. Yeah. I would love for you to actually talk about rule number three, since you have been called out many <laughs> times um, by our reviews on iTunes about this issue. I looked at it and I was like, oh, where's this going? Uh, <laughs> communication number three, rule number three is don't interrupt your partner. Yeah. Which, sure, it's rude to interrupt your partner. There is mm-hmm. a, I think when you're dealing with a situation like yours and mine, there's a little bit of play acting that we're doing. Right. I mean, and we're trying to facilitate and move a conversation forward. But I think if you're trying to uncover or discover things, particularly with a partner that you're in an intimate relationship around places of tension, it is important to let them finish and let the, Mm -hmm. let the whole thought kind of find its space. It's hard though, because people will claim that they've been cut off when maybe they haven't. Have you ever had Mm -hmm. clients be like, and that's what I think. And then maybe she starts talking and then he goes, you cut me off again. And I was like, there was like a full six second pause there. I don't, how, yeah. do you, how do we know? So I think there's something about attunement, right. That helps you just sort of come into mm-hmm. basically what are the rules of this particular conversation that we're having? And we don't want to step on each other. That's a, that's not cool. Yeah. I had a, I had a clients last week and one of the problems or one of the things that they were talking about is that one of the partners tends to talk at at great length and seems to mm. never take a breath and is just it's it's sort of like here's my case and then here's the five supporting arguments mm. in my case and there's never like a breath and and so we really kind of dissected that and he says I don't I guess it must have been the female but he says I never really get an opportunity to like share or interject or like get a word word mm. in edgewise and what ends up happening is he emotionally floods and then he completely stonewalls mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I turned to her. I was like, why do you think you do that? What's that all about? And she's Mm. like, well, 
I'm really used to getting interrupted. And mm. so if I don't get to state my case in its completeness and sort of rattle on in this complete stream of consciousness, then I get interrupted and we get derailed. And so she never takes a breath and it's never a conversation. It's a monologue. Um, so it was it was interesting to kind of talk back and forth between the two of them of like, how can you feel comfortable stating your thoughts and your feelings and opinions in a way that allows for a dialogue rather than just mm. a monologue on your behalf? And part of it is is not interrupting your partner, not sending that message. And I think there's I mean, these these uh, communication rules, they're they're bold statements that are about six or seven sentences long and they deserve nuance. And I think. You know, sometimes if you're going to interrupt your partner, maybe you just need to ask for permission and to say, hey, mm -hmm. hold on a second. This like, can, can I interrupt just for a second? May I please interrupt just for a second? Like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because particularly when the monologue just goes, yeah, sorry about that. Look, your t Laura's hinting at me that it's really loud in here, but my wife's making tea, which she's allowed to do in her own kitchen. Oh. So leave her be. All right. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like there's there's more clinking around in the background than. Yeah. Um, well, welcome okay. to quarantine life. This is what happens. When you... <laughs> um, hold on one second. OK. Oh, Lordy. Hey, hey, go, go to the bedroom, Zach. OK. All right. Hold on. You know, what's really what's really funny and kind of ironic about about everything that just played out what? is that we got interrupted while talking about <laughs> communication rule number three. That's true. <laughs> okay. OK, so communication rule number four is paraphrasing what your partner just said to you. I do that all the time as a therapist. I mm. rarely do it as a partner. Rarely. Well, you know um, what I always say? What do you always say, Zach? Uh, professional expertise is not the same as personal mastery. I did. I did really like that. You said that in the last podcast, it made me think you sounded very smart in that moment. And uh -huh. I agree with it wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, so paraphrasing is really just making sure not that you got it all, but that your partner feels like you got it all. Like you mm. heard what they had to say and that you're paraphrasing it back before you move on. Because I think too often what derails communication so very quickly is when you feel misunderstood. And now you're spending a whole lot of time trying to correct your partner's perception of what you just said because you think they interpreted your actions or your words or your tone incorrectly. And so if you want to move forward in a really intentional way, make sure that you paraphrase what your partner said before moving on and then respond to what they just said. So before responding to what they said, say, OK, let me just make sure that I got this correct. What you're saying is this and this is how you feel. And then they say, yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Then you can then say, OK, well, this is how I feel about what you just said. This, these are my thoughts. I think that's a really important piece of it. Here's the secret to this right here, which is if you're going to paraphrase what your partner said, you have to actually listen to what your partner said. Yeah. But I don't think people do that all the time. I mean, at least they don't listen in a way that that allows them to understand what's being said to them. I think, you know, when we use different parts of our brain, sometimes we use the part of our brain that wants to judge and respond versus the part that wants to consume and understand. And I think if you're going to yeah. paraphrase what your partner said, you need to stay in the consume and understand uh, uh, spot. Yeah. Um, I think too many people, and I really liked this. I've been getting giving a lot of couples this recommendation for a podcast to listen to. It's uh, Brene Brown interviews Harriet Lerner. 
this was another book that I read and finished actually. Oh, good. Nice. Uh, I know. Yeah. Um, and it's why won't you apologize? But the second part of the podcast talks about defensive listening. And so what Harriet says is you can tell that you are listening defensively if all you're focused on are the inaccuracies and in what your partner's stating. Mm. And like so when they say I, always or never. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. So I like that if you're listening to your partner and the whole point is just stay focused on being able to paraphrase what your partner just said, you you cannot, I mean, unless you're some kind of a super freak, um, hold the information they're giving you while also holding on to the inaccuracies that they're sharing and how you're going to rebuttal, rebuttal, rebut to them. Rebut, refute, refute, refute. rebut. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Do you want to do number five? I like this one. Uh, don't mind read. And uh, my version of this is whenever you're guessing in a relationship, there's there's trouble, right? It's guessing is quicksand. Do you remember when we were kids and quicksand was like the most dangerous thing ever? Like there were so many great <laughs> movies. What movie do you think? Or, or just cartoons. Oh, well, yeah. Princess Bride, of course, has, yes. has its quicksand yes. scene. But like cartoons, it was like if you're walking around, you better look out because there's probably quicksand. Probably some quicksand. <laughs> but anyway, mind reading is quicksand, right? It's a, it's an easy way to get stuck and then to just get sucked into your, your hypothesis, mm. which is probably wrong. I mean, there may be some mm -hmm. accuracy in it, but whenever you're guessing, you're creating an opportunity for misunderstanding and for disconnection and for conflict. And so I think that that is, it's really important that Lately, um, I've been really, really beating the drum of being extremely explicit. Like when you are trying to communicate something um, and it's not going well, be like, hey, this isn't going well. I think it's because uh -huh. I'm defensive right now. I'm going to need you to say that again because I don't know if I'm hearing you correctly. Like mm -hmm. it sounds remedial, but I, actually the root of of remedial is remedy, right? Sometimes we need remedial actions to help us find the, the way to, mm. you know, connection the, or the way through conflict. With, Ooh, yeah. I should have said that. Yeah. Yeah. You gonna write that one down Yeah. with mind reading. I definitely see this in my office. I see couples getting frustrated where they feel like their partner is putting on them some sort of feeling like mm -hmm. you are angry. You are so that's frustrated. a you statement. Not supposed to use it I, is. your use statements according to rule number one. That's right. Rule number one. That's right. And that's that's really hard for people. I hear often is saying, like, don't put that on me. You don't know how I'm feeling. Don't speak for me. Um, and it's interesting because I actually feel like there is a bit of a bridge that we make when we try to infer how our partner's feeling. And it, it has to be done with grace because I think part of it is if you're attuned to your partner and you're paying attention to what's going on with their facial expressions, with the tone of their body um, or voice, you might say something like, gosh, you know, I'm just wondering, I, I, I'm starting to think like maybe you're getting frustrated. Are you getting frustrated? And that's mm. really different from saying you are frustrated. And so I think being curious with a word, we probably should have just called this like the curious podcast. Okay. Being curious is helpful, which is different from mind reading. And so yeah. um, I would say instead of mind reading, get curious, ask your partner, be interested in how they're feeling rather than telling them how they're feeling. Mm. Um or what their thoughts are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rule number six. No. I do this all. Yes. Rule number six. I thought we were on rule number seven. No, we're on rule number six. Stick all right. to one, one complaint. Were you about to say you do this all the time? I teach this all the time. Oh, you teach this all the time. 
Yes. Right. Um, so if we are addressing something, if, if maybe I'm teaching a couple how to solve a solvable problem. And so the first thing that I have couples do is I said, what, what are we talking about right now? What is the problem mm-hmm. that we're trying to solve? What is the complaint that you have in the relationship that you're trying to figure out? And having them zero in on one complaint is key Mm. issue number one, because we get so conversations spiral so quickly, they branch off into all these different areas because it's like, I have this one complaint, but there's also, if we're opening the door up for talking about complaints, I'm going to go ahead and let you know about the nine other things I've been storing up that have been driving me nuts. And now Mm -hmm. they're all coming out in this one conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's just a a massive recipe for disaster. Yeah. And the thing that it makes me do, like I I actually had this conversation yesterday with a couple and I kept asking these like directive questions that were just, they were brilliant, brilliant, insightful, you know, really great questions. No doubt in my mind, they were designed to draw them into a deeper understanding and a greater emotional intelligence. But what the answer was always like, well, this happened and then this happened and then this other thing happened and then also this (laughs) happened and then this happened. (laughs) And I was like, do you remember my question? Uh-huh. And she and she was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, uh-huh. th- th- it's really important that you answer that question because it's kind of like what you're saying. What are you talking about? Like what, uh, but more importantly, like, what do you want right now? Like, mm-hmm. do you want like me, the therapist to go, man, you're right. Yes. That it sucks for you. That like, he sucks. Yeah. Or do you want him to do something? You know, do you want him to apologize? Do you want him to? Mm-hmm validate do you want him to own it but like i can't do any of that stuff if it's just a laundry list yeah right the the part that i love about so all of these uh communication rules come from if you're curious about this book where it comes from it's coming from dan wiles book after the honeymoon money honey (laughs) money moon honeymoon there we go and what he's saying is that hey if this is occurring in your relationship there is some really good information that can be gleaned from this. So if your partner's bringing up, let's say seven complaints all at once, what can you learn about your partner? And what you might learn is that your partner stores stuff up. (laughs) You might learn that your partner is communicating to you that it's not just this one thing that they're frustrated about. I'm at a level 10 frustration because it's actually nine things. And so there's really good information that can be gleaned from your partner breaking a communication rule, like complaining about nine things at once. Do you know what happens when they store things up? What happens? They dig up old grievances. Oh, you mean communication rule number seven. (laughs) Number seven, don't dig up old grievances. Again, like I am amazed sometimes about what our brains have the capacity to hold on to. Yeah. But I'm super curious about why. Why does it hold on to that thing? You know, if you think about all the stuff that you've forgotten in your life, even the ways that your partner's harmed you, it's crazy to think about the things that stick and the things that don't. And I think more important than naming the old grievance, it's it's if we use your word or our word curiosity, it's like, why does this one stick around? Like, why is this one hanging around? Because it yeah, it is. It is hanging around. It is still there in their brain, taking right. up cognitive right. space. Yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not I'm not anti bringing up old grievances, but have a reason, you know, instead of just a, a like it's part of your scorecard. Yeah. And I can, I can see that people are just going to become tone deaf to 
every time you have bring up an issue, it's like, we're not just talking about this one issue. <laughs> I'm tone deaf to the fact that you're bringing up the thing that happened eight years ago, then five years ago, then three years ago. So I'm no longer even listening to the grievance that you are offering up today because I'm tone deaf to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think any of you get your needs met. If you're, if your need is, I want to complain about this thing. And now I'm talking about the thing that happened nine years ago. Nine is my magic word today. Mm. Um, I stop listening. I'm done. And mm-hmm. so you're just not, you're not, you don't have an audience at that point. So knock it off. Okay. Communication rule number eight, don't get sidetracked arguing over irrelevant details. I love this one. I talk about it constantly with my couples and I think this is at the heart of defensive listening. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, um, I think it's funny because I'll listen. One of the things that I'll do early on in therapy is I'll ask, I'll meet with couples one on one, and I'll ask them to talk to me about a recent argument. And sometimes they pick the same one, sometimes they don't. But it's always fascinating to me that when they do pick the same argument and they tell me the story, sometimes those stories are unrecognizable. I know they're talking about the same thing, but they're mm-hmm. but the details that they're that they are highlighting or the, the or the the perspective that they're sharing is completely void of any shared reality that that their other that their partner has and that makes me just go yeah the details don't matter like it really doesn't matter i've had people tell me about arguments that they had that they swear that they had in the car he swears Mm -hmm. it was in the car (laughs) and she was like no it was in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and i'm like "Mm, okay well uh should we debate reality here or should we debate like what what's underneath this you know like Thank you. Thank you so much, because that is what I teach so often. And it's this is exactly it. Like the irrelevant details is the debating of reality. Well, guess what? There are two realities to every situation. There's two human beings. There are at least two. two. Totally. At least two um, different points of view of the way. Well, you used a tone when you said that. No, I didn't. I didn't use a tone at all. Yes, you did. And now all of a sudden you're (laughs) talking about the tone rather than what the subject matter was. So, I mean, it's really interesting how people try to debate facts and there are no facts when there's two, at least two realities. So when people bring up tone in my office, I'm like, um, have I heard the tone yet? Like, do I know the tone? And they're like, they're like, yeah, he used it like 15 minutes ago. And I'm like, oh, because I totally didn't notice at all that there was tone. volume, volume. You can measure tone Mm. is only interpretable. Like it literally is. Mm -hmm. It's completely subjective. Right. Yeah. Um, Wow. I know when you raise your voice, I don't know when you're using a tone, mm-hmm. <laughs> but your partner sure does. <laughs> yes, they do. Communication rule number nine, don't label name, call use sarcasm or threaten to end the relationship. So if I was to put this into Gottman terms, don't label would be criticism. Mm-hmm. Name calling and sarcasm would be contempt and mm-hmm. then threatening to end the relationship. Ooh, that is, that is just just acid on, on, or acid, maybe gas on the fire. And I think the hard part, and I want to talk, I want to speak to the threatened to end the relationship is most people don't outwardly say it, but they say things like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And that, that is intended to evoke a whole lot of emotion out of your partner. Mm-hmm. And usually it's, I want to say, I just can't do this anymore. And what you're wanting is for your partner to say, 
yes, you can. Come on. Like, we've got this. Like, you're really trying, hoping that your partner turns towards you with that last ditch effort of saying something that hopefully Mm. brings them near, brings them close. I always say, if you're going to, if you're going to end the relationship, you cannot do it in the middle of a conflict. You have to do it like at a coffee shop or in your therapist Mm -hmm. office or Mm. on a long walk, you know, Mm -hmm. one that is really Mm -hmm. sort of sober and um, and cautious and careful, full of care because it's not, it's not a small thing. Um, and so when you, when you, when you lash out with it or you throw it out there, you make it a small thing and it really dishonors you, um, as well as the relationship. Um, because you're, you know, if you're, if you really do feel strongly about the end of the relationship, it needs deliberation in the same way that entering a relationship needs deliberation. Nobody's like, Hey, let's get married. Well, I guess some people are, but (laughs) <laughs> you know um what what dan weil is getting at with this is that use this as a really good clue that when you are labeling your partner hey you know what you're just a slob or you're so thoughtless you don't you're so selfish you don't give any care or thought to anybody else um that's name calling that's labeling using sarcasm maybe even like mocking your partner when these things are happening or you're threatening to end the relationship let that be a clue that you needed to take a break from each other 15 minutes ago mm-hmm. that uh, cl- clearly you are not thinking in your right mind and that you're emotionally flooded so when these things happen let that be the very first clue like ooh the very first name name calling was just done in this in this conversation this would be a clue that we need to take a 20 minute break and cool off mm. allow some time to you know self soothe yeah right on all right Last one, final one, communication rule number 10, don't dump out stored up complaints. I think we actually sort of addressed this a little bit already. With nothing but love and respect for Dan Weil, uh, rest in peace, right? Dan died last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. These 10 rules are really like six rules and they are kind of parsed out a little bit, but I think you're right. Yeah, we've Mm -hmm. kind of lumped, this can be lumped in with others like, you know, stick to one complaint or uh, don't get sidetracked over details or don't dig up old grievances, but still uh, maybe the reason that there's four of those is because of how important it is to really stay in the present, right? Like we want to stay in the mm-hmm. present and because the purpose of any meaningful conflict is intimacy. I think, I mean, that's why there's a thing called mm-hmm. makeup sex, right? We all kind of go, Oh, makeup sex is the best, right? Because presumably you've come through some kind of conflict or, or, or problem um, all the way through back to connection again. And you can't do that if you're just, you know, loading your cannon up and, and just firing, you know, from, yeah. you know, uh, whether it's a name calling or something that happened 10 years ago or whatever, we, we want to stay in, in sort of a face to face, you know, adult to adult conversation that allows you to really kind of get at what's really, really happening, which I think is a different skill. There's a lot of don'ts in this list, but, um, Mm -hmm. can I push back a little bit? Because with rule number 10, there's sort of two schools of thought and sometimes they work together where you can say, look, like the idea is to what Dr. Gottman would say is to complain early and often. Um, don't allow yourself to sit and stew and, um, allow it to kind of boil under the surface until it comes out in just a, a verbal vomit of complaint for your partner. So, there's one school of thought, complain early and often when it hasn't yet reached that boiling mass. And then the other idea is choose a weekly date 
to be able to address complaints when the two of you are emotionally ready and attuned to one another. So it might, you might Mm. say, Hey, we're going to have the state of the union at the end of the week. And we're just going to kind of look at the week and say, were there any things that we haven't necessarily talked about that need to be addressed? Have we missed bids for connection over the last week, whatever it might be. And what you're saying is we're going to actually pull out our list of complaints and we're going to discuss them. Mm. And um, so there's two schools of thought. But I think the key word that Dan Wiles saying here is don't dump, don't dump out your stored up complaints, which to me, imagine it's being unintentional. And it's really just kind of like this outpouring that I said, verbal vomit, which is a great visual for anybody else that's listening um, of these complaints that they're coming out, they're spewing out, and there's nothing really intentional about the way that you are couching these conversations with your partner. Right on. Yeah. Um, can we, can we include this list in the show notes? I think we can, if you go to the website, yeah. I'll make sure that Jason, yeah. uh, or Jason will make sure that this list is here because. Yeah. Um, and also a link to the book too, if you're interested in reading after the honeymoon. And, and I'll just r- remind listeners that this is always and only the beginning of a conversation. Some of these rules may not mm. apply to you at all. Some of them may feel really important. Some of them may feel really important to you personally as an individual, and you may recognize this in your partner, but the value of a podcast like this or any, any resource that you lean into is that it creates some context for you to achieve or attain or chase emotional intelligence in your relationship. I like it. Can you do, I closed out of my window, my cheat sheet here, but can you do a quick, um, just summary so that everyone who's listening can hear it? Number one, make I statements, not you statements. Number two, don't say always or never. Number three, don't interrupt your partner. Number four, paraphrase what your partner just said. Number five, don't mind read. Number six, stick to one complaint. Number seven, don't dig up old grievances. Number eight, don't get sidetracked arguing over irrelevant details. Number nine, don't label, name call, use sarcasm, or threaten to end the relationship. And number 10, don't dump out stored up complaints. And I will say, for those of you who are listening, the best way to handle this list is to only think about yourself which of these do I need to focus on and pick one, pick one. Yeah, to focus sure. On. Yeah. And you can make it, like you can it. make it your new year's re- resolution in February because February is the new January. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think we broke our, our, like these podcasts now are twice as long as they ever were. I, know. I actually we're have a client. So chatty. I have a client who's listening probably right now and he listens on his way to work, which is exactly 30 minutes. And he, uh, uh-huh. he got mad at me because we were like 32 minutes the other day. And he was like, I was almost yeah. late to work. And I was like, uh, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that you and I um, don't have a whole lot of outlet. I mean, apparently I do because my social, my social Your pod is at least 16 it, people. My big. pod is, is yeah, it's giant. <laughs> but I do, I do miss seeing people that I care about. And so these weekly dates with you are, are really fun to just chit chat oh, about things that are important. Right on. Okay. Right on. All right. Well, let's land this plane. What do you say? Okay. Okay. Adios. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. If you're interested, check out the show notes. You can find a link to Dan Weil's book after the honeymoon there, as well as a list of the 10 communication errors that we are making on a regular basis. Um, Thanks for all of your time and your attention making this relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seek 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.